Coming up, it's Philosophy Talk. Imagine going to a really large museum, like the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, for example. 90% of the objects that you'll find in there were not made to be works of art. Is anything beautiful art? If a toilet can be art, can't anything be art? By and large, an object has to differ interestingly from other objects of its kind. Our guest, Alexander Nehemas from Princeton University. What is it about some things that sort of lifts them from their context and allows them to have a life that is independent uh, of the original intention or the original use for which they were designed? But is it art? If it's music, it's supposed to have a tune. If it's painting, it's supposed to look like something. If it's a novel, it's supposed to have a plot. It's not a really good idea to begin discussing art by trying to define it. What is art? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. After the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, local, innovative public radio for San Francisco. Continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And from there, they migrate to the air, and from the air to the internet via our blog, theblog.philosophytalk.org. And you can also now listen to the pot best of Philosophy Talk anywhere, any anytime, by downloading one of our podcasts. Well, I don't know about you, Ken, but my teaching has been getting in the way of my blogging lately, but I'll try to do better yeah, soon. Yeah, me too. Today we're going to talk about art. Now, let me go back to about the time when I grew up in the, the 1800s. Oh, John. <laughs> well, it was pretty simple what art was then. I mean, if it was music, it was supposed to be pleasant and arouse emotions, or uh, pretty at any rate. If it, if it was uh, visual art, it was supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to look like something. Uh, if it was a novel, it was supposed to be fiction and be interesting. And, and art wasn't conceived as some kind of crossword puzzle. It took your brain years to figure out what the guy was trying to do. It was supposed to produce instantly some kind of pleasure in you. What happened? Well, a lot of things have happened, and art has become a multifarious, multiple thing with all different kinds of things standing as art that you wouldn't, that older generations like you would not think, that's art? I yeah, mean, how well, could that be art? How yeah. could a toilet bowl be art? In my day, when you wanted to see a toilet bowl, you went to the men's room. You don't go to a museum. I mean, come on. Isn't it just gobbledygook, a big, big uh, way of getting a lot of rich people to pay a lot of money to hang stuff on their walls that uh, doesn't make any sense? Look, John, you're worried that some things that you wouldn't have, before you wouldn't have counted it as art, now count as art. But I, I think you have a fetish for essence or something like that. You're looking for necessary and sufficient conditions. That's the philosopher in you. I mean, art is more like a family resemblance concept. Think about what is a game. If you wanted to answer what's a game, I mean, it's all kinds of different things are games. You're, you're bringing Wittgenstein in here to help me with the question, what is art? That is, is it kind of one philosophical boondoggle to help with another artistic boondoggle. <laughs> Come on, tell me what it is. What is it to be art? Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I get, look at it from two different perspectives. There's the artistic process, right? This is some creative, imaginative process that produces a product. And what is that product supposed to do? 
a, a consumer of it is supposed to observe, engage, encounter that uh, pr- product and have some kind of delight or some kind of enlightenment. So, you know, if the outcome of the artistic process is some product that a consumer is supposed to consume, and if, if it all works well, then it's, it's great. And since consumers like all kinds of different things and the producer's imagination works in all kinds of different ways, it's not surprising that art is multifarious and diverse. Well, so what makes a process an artistic process? If it's a painter and he's trying to paint a landscape or a portrait, that looks artistic. If he's walking across a piece of canvas on the floor dribbling paint, is that an artistic process? Oh, I, I forgot. It's a family resemblance concept, <laughs> yeah, right. and there's no real saying I'll anything about it that's intelligible to a finite mind like mine. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's consult an expert, somebody who knows more about art than you and I do. And our roving philosophical reporter, Polly Stryker, went out and found such an expert. She files this report. I know I'm not the only person who's puzzled over a museum exhibit and thought, I could have done that. What's it doing here? To help me think about what art is, I paid a visit to Julie Charles, Associate Curator of Education at San Francisco's Museum of Modern Art. She told me, When I knew that we were going to talk today, I actually started asking people, so what's art? And got great responses that run the gamut from, well, I know it when I see it, to, I think there's art everywhere, but everything's not art. Um, So I'm not sure that there is a pat response to that question, but it's certainly a question that uh, we're interested in exploring. Okay, so if people know art when they see it, what kind of art appeals to most people? Beginner viewers, which frankly is most of the population, like art with recognizable subject matter. For example, Diego Rivera's flower carrier painting is extremely popular. They know the name a little bit, it's recognizable subject matter. If they spend some time looking at the piece, they can kind of figure out what the, t- the story or the narrative is, um, and they feel very comfortable there. And then uh, when they round the corner and they come to Rauschenberg's all-white painting is when everything falls apart, and that's when they say, why is this here and an all-white painting shouldn't be in the museum? And, that doesn't show skill and technique, and I don't get it. Maybe art fools us into thinking it's easy to do. Uh, one of the things we find with adult visitors is they'll say, oh, you know, my, my child could do that, right? Uh, we also tour kids through the museum, and what's great is they say the exact same thing. I could do that. Um, and yet there's this difference in the way that it's said. I personally went to see a David Ireland exhibit at the Oakland Museum, and One of them was a solid black uh, work that was just all crayon, and I went home deciding that I was going to do that myself. And um, it's extremely hard to make a David Ireland with black crayons, and I went through um, at least four crayons before I gave up because it just didn't have the same look as uh, what David Ireland did. So um, sometimes things look like they're so easy, and they're so not uh, once you get home and you start trying it yourself. I asked Julie Charles to take me to a work of art in the museum that really pushes people's buttons. This is Jeff Koons' Michael Jackson and Bubbles, and it's an over-life-size sculpture that sits on a pedestal uh, showing Michael Jackson um, sitting with his pet monkey Bubbles on his lap. They're both wearing band uniforms. It's made out of porcelain, and so one of the things you notice right away is this beautiful, shiny finish. The uniforms are gold and white, but you also notice, too, that then their skin is also that porcelain white. 
And I think that this is one of the issues that Jeff Koons is uh, playing with, is our notions of race and identity. Jeff Koons didn't even make the piece himself. He sent it out to be fabricated. And I think that's something that people have a hard time with, because where's the craft? Um, where's the creativity? Who's responsible for the idea that anything an artist does is art? The person that came to my mind was Marcel Duchamp, who in 1912, 1913, made one of his very first ready-mades. And the ready-mades uh, were everyday objects, so a bicycle wheel or a stool or a urinal. And he took these objects out of their everyday context and put them in a new context, what he called an art context, and said that by changing their context and by the fact that he was an artist himself and chose these objects, they were therefore transformed into art. And in doing so, opened up Pandora's box in terms of what art could be, what it could be made of, who even had to make it. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Polly Stryker. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.